Another episode, episode four. We have a very special guest today. And uh, before we get stuck in to our special guest, we have the one, the only. Oh, God. It's Azamondo. Azza, what's going on? Oh, pleasure to be here as always, Sam. What a uh, lovely Melbourne afternoon it was. Uh, good friend of ours today on the show. We uh, obviously, with the current situation ramping up, uh, in coronavirus pandemic world, we've got a few questions to that uh, need to be answered, and who better to bring on than someone that's smarter than the both of us put together? <laughs> but a uh, good friend of ours, Dr. Verena Dulab. Hi, Verena. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. I've um, enjoyed listening to your podcast so far. Yeah, we're pretty informative <laughs> people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, is a, that is a straight up lie, but uh, yeah. <laughs> informative, no. Comedic, maybe. Yeah. Informed, definitely not. Uh, I've, valuable. I've learned about zucchinis and other oh, things. Oh, yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Verena's <laughs> learned a lot from us. Uh, before we get stuck into your hat, Azza, and your shirt and everything, Verena, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, let the viewers uh, know who you are and uh, what you do? Um, my name is Verena and I'm a GP here in Melbourne amongst a few other bits and pieces um, that I do, but um, that's primarily what I work as. GP yep, stands so for what, Azza? Azza, what does GP uh, stand for? General practitioner, mate. Yeah, General practitioner. Now, before we go any further, I've just got to. Do you two remember each other? Because you two have actually spent a day together with have me. We? Now, let's see if you can put your finger on it. It was a few years ago. In Melbourne? Can yeah, in Melbourne and in, in probably one of the most Melbourne events of all time. It's not circus or something stupid, is it? No, no, definitely not. Verena's never been to circus and probably never will. I was going to say, she doesn't look like a person that would go to circus. So she's smarter than that. And a GP. Would you like me to, uh, would you like me to inform you, Sam? Wait, am I scared? Should I be worried? No. Oh, you should be because you were an absolute menace on the day. Do you remember yet? Wait, I'll give you a long, hint. How long ago? How long ago? Uh, I'm going to say Four years ago. Oh, shit. It could be for break. I was probably drunk, was I? No, no. It oh. was at the Australian Open. We were all guests of uh, Jacob's Creek. Oh, Do you remember now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, to, we were on the Instagram thing. Uh, yeah. J- January 26th-ish, I believe, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Oh, oh, probably been early than that, but yeah. Bruh, my heart was palpitating. I was like, shit, where was I? What was I doing? Was I, was I drunk? Was it 3 a.m.? Oh, God. Well, you, you were all of those things except for 3 a.m. But yeah, uh, true, yeah true. Australian Open, I think 2016, if I uh, that was a if good, I'm correct. A good year. I had a lot of fun. It was, it was a great year. It was a, it was a really great day, actually. I just found some uh, photos of it before. I was um, uh, gearing up for tonight. Yeah, I mean, small world, I'd like to say. Very small world. Now, Verena is a GP, general practitioner. I just got to say, is that that's basically a doctor that's a smarter person than both of us put together. It's someone that would know, hopefully, some stuff about coronavirus and general uh, flu or doctory stuff. Um, should we be worried, Verena? Let's be honest. 
well, of course we should be worried. We're in the middle of a state of emergency right now. <laughs> well, yes, I agree, agree. We are in a state of emergency, but I put it to you that we have thrown the baby out with the bathwater here. The baby? And it is a, what does that we've mean? We've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. It is a complete overreaction and... By the end of this, there won't be a state left to worry about protecting. So are you having one of your moments where you're just like, I'm going to complain about it? Um, definitely, yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm firing up now. Would you like the floor <laughs> before we get stuck with Ruin? Would you like to, you know, let off some steam? No, look, say, I think with today's podcast, I'll play the, uh, the devil's advocate here. And I think hundreds of thousands of Victorians are fed up. Mm-hmm. They've had enough. They want to, the government has basically taken away their livelihoods. Any chance of a future they've had through no fault of their own with no light at the end of the tunnel, despite the fact that there'll be a, an announcement with a roadmap to tell you when you can go back to work this Sunday, mm. which will be too late for a majority of the businesses out there in Victoria. Yep. You'll, we've just had the sharpest decline in our economy on record. I believe we are in a, what are you, a recession as of today. Recession. So we've had recessions before. I'm old enough to have been through one before, but okay. this is this is this this will be stark stark contrast to the last one in the fact that this one will be 100% entirely made by the government. And despite what the, the medical experts will tell you, oh, member of it's, uh, <laughs> it is not going to be something we're going to come back for for decades. You eat, you eat that long? Absolutely. I, don't, I think the next, to get clear of this will be 20 to 30 years. What? Verena, do you think that's true? Well, I guess, the, I mean, it's going to take a long time to recover. But, you know, going back to what you're saying about the government, how they should have um, acted differently, I don't think whatever the government has done you're not going to get everybody on side. Yeah. You, you know, you can't, you can't please everybody. The government's in a very difficult position and having to lead us through all of this and find their own way through all of this as well. I agree. My, my biggest point is it's very easy for the uh, chief medical officer, Brett Sutton, to sit there and give advice to the government and the government think it's doing the right thing by acting on said advice. What? the government doesn't understand is it's very easy for Brett Sutton to say, shut every industry down in Victoria because he doesn't have to fucking live through a single one of his decisions. He's a doctor sitting on high six figure salary for the rest of his life. He has zero, zero idea of what his decisions are going to impact everyday Australians. Absolutely not. How how does how the hell does he know what it's what his decisions are doing to someone on minimum wage who's not only their career choice but their entire career and future has just been killed by something he said to save a few lives? But we all know how other people are being affected. So it's not a secret how other people are being affected. It's not a secret the hardship people are going through. 
That's and it true. just makes their job even more difficult to have to come to these um, decisions. How much, how much harder do you reckon his life is right now? Extremely hard. He's in the public eye getting blamed for everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but at the end of the day, at the end I'm of the sure day, he jumps in his <laughs> but he jumps in his Porsche and drives home to his Turak mansion, <laughs> going, huh, "Well, that was pretty tough." <laughs> in specifically his Porsche and in Turak. <laughs> I've worked from before, guaranteed, guaranteed, oh, he'd be that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's the story yeah, around uh, that. Guaranteed, um, Verena, are you still working? Obviously, because obviously you're a necessity, I assume. Yeah, so I'm still working full-time, five days a week, but I'm just doing purely telehealth for the past six weeks. What's telehealth? Um, so telehealth means that I'm just doing all my medicine over the phone. And oh. I'm still at the office. And so if people do need to come in for various reasons, I will still um, examine them and things like that. But the majority of my work is done over the phone with people being at home or in their car or going for a walk or sitting on the toilet or whenever they feel that they can have, a, have the time to have a telehealth consultation with a doctor. Tell you what, <laughs> zucchinis and cucumbers out the door. What do you mean? Are they <laughs> Skyping you or is it just a, a voice call? It's just a voice call, but it, it's, um, you know, people don't uh, necessarily think that they need to be in a quiet private area to be having a doctor's consultation. They think that they can just do it anywhere and everywhere. And are you seeing like a climb in like uh, people checking they're scared and anxious about coronavirus or are they just general like, uh, you know, a flu here and there or a scratch or a bruise or something? Uh, I'd say the majority of people that I'm managing at the moment have just been um, their normal chronic health issues and then probably a lot more mental health side of things. Oh. We don't really see a lot of coughs and colds because I guess everybody is keeping away from our practice and they're all going to get COVID testing, which yeah, is the true. right thing to do. Um, so there's not that many um, cold and flu type symptom consultations that I'm getting at the moment. Okay. Um, as all right, let, me jump, let, me jump, let me jump back in with another question there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm having at it. Have at it, Haas. You just had a shot. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cancer, one of the biggest killers of Australians slash humans. How many undiagnosed cancers will happen this year because people can't go to the doctor, aren't going to the doctor, are isolated, are unchecked? Will it be more people than 10 times more than people will die from COVID in Australia, yes or no? I don't know the statistics, but it is quite worrying the people that are avoiding the doctor for various reasons. Um, Wait, people are avoiding you? That's, that's one disease. Everyone's are, avoided. We've been told to stay inside for fuck's sake. People are putting off their symptoms and thinking it's not that important, um, so they're not coming to the doctor. Some people also don't realise that they can do telehealth and think that you know, all doctors' consultations require coming to the doctor. Um, so, again, that's why they're not coming in. They think that only you can only get a script over the phone rather than a proper consultation. Um, no, can I ask a question with telehealth? Yeah. How, how many cancers do you think will be diagnosed via telehealth? Well, it would probably be... Oh, not, not, not from you. I mean, like, across, across Victoria. But I guess telehealth is a foot in the door for realising yeah. that something's wrong and then you just, you know, follow the next steps of doing investigations, getting the patient in for an examination, referring off mm -hmm. to the right people. If they're not putting that foot in the door, that's what you're missing. Okay. 
So you, you think it's still, I mean, it, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm, I'm trying to find out the answer. Do you think it'll still be acceptably, to an acceptable level diagnosed with, with the no, pandemic? I do, think, I do think things will get missed. So, for example, um, you know, women's cervical screening tests and things like that, that requires somebody actually coming in for a physical examination. Mm. And yeah. less of that happening at the moment. Are, you, are people not coming in because they're scared or they just can't be bothered waiting for so long? Or what's, what do you think the issues are here? Um, I think it is that they're possibly scared. I mean, I guess contemplating coming to a doctor's surgery in this situation, you think, oh, gosh, am I going to be around people who've got COVID? Am I going to be around people who are, you know, coughing and sneezing and everything like that? I mean, I guess our, our practice is, is, um, has got really good protocols in place that we're not having sick people in our practice and we are trying to um, keep it as, as safe as possible so that, um, you know, the average person who needs to see a doctor can come in safely. Yep. Um, and I'd assume that a lot of other practices are doing the same thing. COVID testing is done in specialised areas um, and specialised test sites. Um, so that is quite segregated. So a, a general practice is actually quite a safe place to be. Yeah, well, I, was, I got my blood test done yesterday. I went in. I didn't. It doesn't even like. I didn't even think of these things. I'm just like I'm going to the doctor because I need to go get a blood test and a general checkup. I do it once every six months to eight months. So I just went in. I got my blood test. Obviously, there's that 1.5 meter rule, and it's very weird and unique circumstances and everything like that. But it didn't even cross my mind that why would I not go? And it's sort of baffling to me why people are like, "Hey, I'm not going to go because I one, I don't want to know the answer." But I, I thought they would be quite safe places because they would have extreme measures in place. Mm, true. The other, the other barrier I think that we've got is the public um, hospital systems. Um, we're finding it really very difficult to be able to refer patients to specialists at the hospital. They're just turning down all of our referrals. So oh. um, They're yeah, overwhelmed? So like there's too many people? Or report? No, and so my, what I've been told is that the specialist staff are being seconded elsewhere. They're being oh, used so elsewhere too much in the work, hospital. Too busy. Doing, regarding COVID and things like that. Um, because you can imagine even a lot of the you know, staff that are um, positive contacts have to be at home while they're isolating, getting tested and all of that sort of thing, that they need to utilise the other staff members. Um, and so specialist clinics aren't actually running. And so that's very yeah. frustrating. And I think that that will be part of the issue with things being missed and things being poorly managed. Do you, uh, so if I got a blood test, well, I did, I don't have to say if I did, but like other things getting pushed back to the side, like as, as I was saying, like could be cancers or whatever, like any other tests, are they getting pushed to the side over prioritizing COVID testing? And then, then that could affect future things. So some of the machines at the laboratories have been converted to be testing COVID instead of other tests. Wow. Um, but I'd say the majority of tests that people are getting, are, you know, that would still go ahead. Okay. It just doesn't, it would just be probably like take a little bit longer because it's so busy. Uh, initially it did take a lot longer for results yeah. to come through, but now I'm finding results are coming through fairly quickly. And I don't know if it is just that there's a smaller workload of other tests going through. So the results are coming out quicker now. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> let me let me shoot, shoot a couple of things because I'm, I'm playing the devil's advocate here. I'm playing the the guy that's angry at home who's had enough. Yeah. So let, let me fire off a few claims and and you can respond to them as a medical professional. You obviously the average age. Yeah. No, the, the, yeah. The average age of dying from COVID is older than the average age of dying. Rebuttal. 
<laughs> Rebuttal? Well, I guess, I guess there are fewer people dying from COVID to be able to give a clear representation. So if the only people that are dying from COVID are elderly people, then that's not a true representation of the population. True. Agreed, but old people die. That's what they do. <laughs> you, get, you get old and you die. Every single one of us is going to die at some point, hopefully of old age. <laughs> is, that not, is that not true? Like, you, you, I think the best way to examine what we've done here, which the, the equation is a fuck-up, but you, you can't be worried about lives. You have to be worried about years of life. So, and what this is why I said you've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. You've, you've basically fucked. Let's do Victoria, for example. Five million people, roughly. You've just destroyed, say, four, three and a half million people's future for the sake of a couple of hundred people's last years of their life. I don't think your estimate um, there of destroying people's future is accurate. I think you're over-exaggerating there. How? How so? The devil's advocate here. Well, I guess if I just look at the population that, um, that are my patients, every single patient that I talk to every single day, I will ask them how they're doing through COVID. And I actually have to say the majority are fine. So, okay. so they're fine from a financial point of view. They're, a lot of them are still working from home. Um, yeah, hang on, hang on, hang on. People are, people are fine right now because we're very blessed in this country to be very well off. Very well off. Like even the poorest, sometimes I think I'm the poorest human in, on earth and then I haven't had a proper paycheck in over six months now. You know, I'm still here doing a podcast. So actually we're not that poor. We're not that hard done by. But that's going to run out. That's going to run out and it's going to run out real fucking soon. Well, does, doesn't our payments and everything get... And, and no, 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 but what everyone doesn't understand is the whole idea of recovery was based on the fact we had an economy to recover to. Instead of spending the money isolating and looking after the people who are most vulnerable, they've just shut everyone down. So not only is there no one left to pay tax to fucking foot the bill for the, the amount we've just racked up, but there's no economy to go back to to even start again. So, so what would you suggest, though, as it like from I'll pay dividends? Well, I don't think they've done that much of a bad job at the start. At the very start, it looked like it was fucking last man on earth type shit. Like it, it looked like it could have been bad. So, what but we learned we we learned very, very, very quickly. Like I'm talking within the first month or two. We all like two months from say February, March was when it really started to become a thing, and then say by. April, May, we learned that the mortality rate was well into the 99% range. We learned that it was mainly affecting old people, underlying conditions, people with uh, poor immune systems. So we knew it was vulnerable people who were going to die. So how about isolate them, spend a tenth of what we spent. It's nearly up to $400 billion we've spent just in Australia on this pandemic. 
How about you spend a tenth of that isolating them, making sure that the healthcare workers and everyone else is looked after that's vulnerable and keep the economy going so you've actually got something to pay for this shit that you've just promised everyone. But because what now that people don't follow the rules? So you, well, no, that's that's just it. You, there, sh- there shouldn't have been any rules. No, a gro- what, what's it? I'm a grown adult. You're a grown adult. We don't need rules. I'm fucking forty years old. I don't need rules. Hot spots that didn't work because people weren't following the rules. So you can't just isolate certain populations and say these rules only apply to them and everyone else is free to do what they want. It won't work. Hang on, hang on. That's incorrect. Where, where is the majority of these fucking deaths coming from? Aged care homes. Hang on, how about spend a billion dollars isolating aged care homes? Every one of them could have been built up like a fortress and no one would die. I don't know if I I agree with you, As. I'm a little bit torn here because if I look at it like if you just shut down certain areas, that means the virus will end up spreading throughout the population anyway because there's no... Yes, yes, it would. Yes, absolutely it would. So then wouldn't that just spill over? Maybe not to a huge extent. Everything's about numbers, mate. It's all about numbers. 99.96% of us are going to be all right with it. And I know some people are going to die. People die every day. People die all the time. It happens. Get over it. numbers overseas of people dying. It's not just the older people. It's younger people because the larger number, the larger proportion of people that die. Yeah, look where they're dying. Look where they're dying. People with no healthcare system. Look where they're dying, America, where they have zero healthcare system. Well, of course they're dying there. So you so think if Australia if we would do... hundred thousand people... Look, look where else they're dying, Brazil, where there's die. no healthcare our, system. Our health system would be overrun as well. Yeah. We wouldn't have enough beds. You know, the, yeah, well, so sorry, that's just the way it is. <laughs> so even though we've got such a great health system, it wouldn't work. But also, would it be overrun? Because you wouldn't have all the old people in there, all the people with underlying conditions... And the so elderly would be isolated. Spain, where they give you three days in ICU and then turn the ventilator off. Is that what you're saying? That you know, if you get the average stay here is several weeks in ICU. So all right. Well, how about this? How about if you took took away every elderly patient, every patient with an underlying condition, which we mostly know due to the amazing healthcare system we have in Australia. If you took all those people out, do you really think the healthcare system would have been overrun? If all those people I just if, if those people that I just described were isolated and none of them got the virus, do you really think we would have been overrun here? Stop them getting the virus. I don't know. Maybe spend ten percent of the four hundred billion we spent on the virus already. Lock them all at ten percent, and then and and I've kept an economy going to pay for it. Yeah, but you're basically weighing up money for people's lives. People's lives have a money in every single economy on the planet, Seb. As a <laughs> mondo. <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't think so, all right. How many people die a year in a car accident? Do they take cars off the road? No. You know why they don't, ca- you know why they don't ca- take cars off the road? Because every single body in that car has a monetary value towards the economy. Hang on. I have because if they shut it down. I have two things here. Two things here. First yeah. off. Uh, my thing, my question to you would be like, well, not a question, more of a statement. It's like car accidents and car crashes 
it can't prevent you can't prevent them. You like you do a safety feature as much yeah, as you can. can Absolutely, you can. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. With coronavirus, you can control it a lot more than a car accident. Incorrect. Okay, do tell me more. Take 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 cars off the road. You've got no car accidents. Yeah, but then that's gonna. Well, that's what you've done with coronavirus. <laughs> okay. Okay, so your solution is lock up the elderly and the sick, even though they're still going to need health people, and then let the economy to keep going and the coronavirus will keep spreading, but then people will just get over it. And people, whoever, people dies, whoever dies, dies. Like, that's sort of the way it is. That's natural, natural causes. It's just part of life. And then what you'll also be saying is that you don't want people to visit their families. So you're going to shut off the elderly and the older populations from their families for six to 12 months, you know, and then if they die, they're not even seeing their family. Azza? Uh, I hate to give you a fucking newsflash, but everyone in Victoria is cut off from their family right now and has been since fucking March. But what you're saying is... So, which is and, and we just got emergency powers passed in Parliament yesterday for another six months. So they're automatically not going to be able to see their families for 12 months. That's what we're living through. And, and the worst part is, at the other end of it, we've been writing all these checks Fucking job keeper, job seeker, running all these checks. No one's working anymore to pay for this shit. It's, it's just a complete fucking overreaction and incorrect action. That's mm-hmm. my point. Anyway. I, I feel like I agree a little bit, but I don't agree. I feel like the best thing that it should have done is back in March, April, is lock the whole of Australia down for literally six weeks. Everyone, guys, we're doing a full six-week lockdown. If you come out at these times, uh, you'll get fine straight off, no excuses, no anything. Just lock everything down, get through the pandemic, and then slowly open it back up. And I feel like we didn't go strong enough the first time, hence why Victoria has a second wave, and this is where we're at at the moment. Now that things agreed. are being, agreed. Now that things are being done, hang on, Verena, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that first... Um, back in March and everything like that, there was very little community transmission. It was all overseas um, travellers coming back. And I think that that would have been the target of we didn't necessarily need to shut everything down to stage four because the target was stopping transmission coming into Australia. And if that had been the primary focus and everything had been put into that, um, again, hotel quarantines and all of that sort of thing, then we wouldn't be in this. So we should have just locked out, locked out the international flights from day dot, basically. And, and having, yeah, really good hotel quarantines and everything like that. Oh, the security. The virus oh. came from yeah. the oh, don't, don't even get me started. Are you kidding me? So, <laughs> so what you're saying is everyone in Victoria did the right thing. The government fucked it up. And now the government's telling us it's all our fault. And we have to go into lockdown measures that are worse than fucking East Germany back in the 80s. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... The government fucked this up and they're telling us it's our fault. I agree to a degree. To a degree. I agree that they should have locked the borders a lot quicker. But then again, this has never really happened. So it's like, do we really need to go that far? I'm unsure. We could probably get through this in an easier way. So I get that point of view. Um, and I still... What can we do now? Like, what, what, what should be the steps now then? We can't go back in, in time. I get the gov- I think the government's done pretty well for circumstances, if I'm honest. Uh, pros and cons. But what should we do now? Where should we go? Oh, I'll let Verena take this one. Where do you think? Well, you've got an opinion there, Asa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't, you, you don't want to finish. You don't, you don't want to start with me because... <laughs> do, you, do you want me to go first? 
Yeah, go for it. What should we Open do the now? fucking state up. Open the fucking state up before it's dead. This is your last... It's, it's literally, literally gasping its last few breaths of air before you've killed this to a point you won't be able to bring it back. Fuck worrying about everything else you're worrying about. You won't have a state to worry about in three months. You won't have a state to worry about in three months. We've, we've come this far. Why would we want to take a massive step <laughs> backwards? We are, we are oh. getting more case numbers and everything like that. We are going to be able to lower restrictions and, and get we out We are there. never going to be rid of this virus in this country for until there's a vaccine. Simple as I that. Agree that. I agree with that. I agree with that statement. On so, that note. So what the fuck? Open them up. What are you talking about? So you it's just, just insane. Go, it's go insane crazy. to think that you know you're going to live with it forever. So how can you help? I get it. I get society, it. Society has to live in a formulated model called an economy. A bubble. If you don't have an economy, you have fucking riots. You have chaos. You have anarchy. If you don't open the economy up very fucking shortly, you will have last century style anarchy war riots on your fucking hands and you will not be able to stop it there will be absolutely no coming back from it the last few gasps of breath in this economy are being inhaled and exhaled right now if this goes on for another month two months it is all fucking over and i will be packing my bags and getting the fuck out of this place as soon as i can but what, what do you think is going to happen, though? I'm sort of confused on this bit. I, I get have you, have you not watched, Does no one watch the fucking news? We no. are, have no, always I'm, been America's little brother. No, no, no. What is happening over there? That country is tearing itself apart. And I know we have very different underlying issues, but at the very core of all of the arguments, we are pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. The but, eradication but, of the middle class is happening in both countries. It's happening a fucking lot quicker over there. You're getting the rich telling the rich to blame the middle caste for fucking, it's all the poor's fault. Yeah, but what do you think is going to happen? Like, I get you think there's going to be, well, there is a recession, you think all these things, but what, are people going to riot? People aren't, what's going to happen when never you... Un, you never underestimate, never underestimate the evil in people, mate. I'll tell you that much. You, what, you think there'll be more... Rot, we, like, uh, let, let me tell you a little story. Happen? So we, we, had a, we had a trivia night tonight that uh, happened earlier. I mean, a question about Genghis Khan, about how many people he killed. And, and you wouldn't believe it. Everyone would have thought that Hitler would have been the biggest killer of people and the genocide of the Jews. And No one could believe that. I think Hitler's a distant fourth or fifth. People love, and this is hundreds of years ago that we're talking about. We are very much on the verge of a life, global, planet-changing event. Yeah. So you think it's just going to be chaos? Absolutely. Why though? Just money and stuff. Why? Absolutely money, but not just entirely money because there's no sense of community anymore because that's been ripped from us by the very people that were elected to keep that in place. I also think that it'll be fueled by people like yourself who are talking about all of this sort of thing. <laughs> um, and <laughs> that's how this writing starts. <laughs> As is, probably, uh, as is probably going to be at the front with a fucking sign and a, and a pitchfork and he's like, this is it, let's go. Fucking earth. No, that is incorrect. I, no, never. I don't think I've done one coronavirus post ever. 
there is a um a something happening on the week this weekend, isn't there? The but people are going to wake up, right? And, and and that's what these that's what these posts and and organised rallies were all about. You can say whatever you like, but at the end of the day, people are not going to live like this. Yeah, nature has a way of restoring things in in natural sort of balances in with the earth and, and the way our seasons move and the way our earth moves and people have exactly the same thing in built to them. This is not going to... Mm. Things have a way of evening themselves out, very much so. Yeah. So your prediction... But, but, but there's always the most horrific and evil things that happen first. So you think this is going to go one of two ways. One way, they open up the borders in the next week or two, quick, very, very quickly, and get the economy ball rolling and everything like that, and hopefully we... Yeah. Can- Avoid the damages, or two. No, you, hang on, hang on. there's one of one, one of one ways. There's only one of one ways. And it's second, not going to happen. And you think the other <laughs> way is there's going to be riots. People are going to be pissed off. There'll be more stealing, murders, and just people will just hate the government. There'll be just everyone against each other and just be greedy and stuff. Is that where you're going? Sam, where does crime come from? Greed. Mm, no. <laughs> to an extent, but where does it come from? Humans. Poverty. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, well, yeah, well done. What percentage of Australia is going to be unemployed by the end of this year? Yeah, but you have to, everyone's been getting jobs. So one, in, one in every ten people that you know is going to have to do something to make ends meet. And there's going to be nothing on offer to do it the right way. What about JobKeeper and JobSeeker, though? Do you don't think that would have helped? All right. So JobKeeper, it did help. That's, what's, that's why it's not fucking chaos now. So you think we're so not? Absolutely. Interested? Is it going to run out? I thought they were just slowly weaning everyone off, getting back to work. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, that's going to make it a little bit easier for the police to handle, but it's, yeah. it's not going to fix the problem. The problem is they've fundamentally fucked the country. Okay. Well, what about all the people when they when they come out of lockdown and everything, wanting to spend money? Yeah. Wanting well, to spend <laughs> what, what money are they spending? Where's their money coming from? None of these fuckers are working. working. Who? The 10% of people that are still working? There are a lot of people that are still working and still working their normal jobs, working from home, still on their normal incomes, that are saving yeah, money. There is, there work. is. You're very true, you're very true. But what do those industries, that, what do they rely on? The people that aren't working. All their capital comes from the industries that aren't working. I, yeah, Maybe I think, not to 100% of it, but they rely on a massive... If you took away any tens of percentages away from any industry, they'll fail. Hey, as I guess... And it'll, just, it'll be like dominoes going over one by one. Guess what? Trust me. Guess what? Perfect what? time. It's that time where we still haven't paid for our <laughs> Zoom call money. <laughs> oh, hang on. How, how much time have we got? Because I wanted one more thing. How many got? All right. Oh, should we do a quick clap? Because I want to do one more thing on the other side. Sure, we can do that. Guys, we'll see you in five, four, three. Do you want to try and clap with me? And yeah, here we go. Three, five, four, two, one, two. Go. We're back. As a stop the clap up, oh, he's so I'm, bad. I'm, t- I'm on time as always. He's had a bit of time to... A <sighs> few shots, a few drinks. Um, where are we taking it from here? Because I, I think I have... A couple of things. I, would I, you I, 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 first of all, I just... I just, I just want to say on top of all this, I have nowhere near as hard a job as Verena does and I just want to thank her for coming on and 
putting up on my bullshit and I not everything I said is representative of my view per se, but I think there's a lot of frustrated people and I think that something is definitely going to have to give one way or the other. Yeah. I'm going to ask Verena a couple of questions here because I, I actually have some questions. Um, uh, to more so the doctor side of things or GP or, or however it all works, I have no idea. I'm quite uh, not smart. So uh, where do you think and what's going to happen in the future now with this whole coronavirus has happened? Do you think that uh, a lot more things will get done online now or via phone? Do you think things will change over you know the six months, couple of years sort of thing? Or do you think things will go back to normal in sort of your area? I think there'll be a bit of a transitioning really where we still have to have telehealth. I think telehealth doesn't replace face-to-face visits. Um, Every doctor will say that they would still prefer face-to-face visits, Um, but there is definitely a role for telehealth. And I think that um, for now, I think telehealth will continue, although we still haven't got the go-ahead until the end of this month, actually, until we find out if we're allowed to still keep doing telehealth. Um, Why is that? Yeah. 31st of September, 30th of September, sorry, the um, the um, Medicare item numbers for bulk billing expire. Right. So it's obviously government so funded, right? The government will extend them, those item numbers, to be still being used, um, and then we can still continue to bill telehealth after that. Well, is it government funded, yes? Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, shit. Okay, well, hopefully that goes through. Because if it doesn't, then you just stop working, right? So if it doesn't, then telehealth stops. Well, any funding we get for telehealth stops. Um, So if patients booked a telehealth consultation, they wouldn't get any rebate back from the government. They'd have to pay a private fee. Oh, shit. Surely the government... I mean, they're printing money like crazy. I mean, as is already worded that it's $400 so surely they would keep something like that. That That's $380. 390 at the moment. Yeah, but it, it, it'll be well over 400 by the end. Yeah. Yeah, you would expect telehealth to continue. Yeah, you would think so. Um, is that getting passed to a Congress sort of thing, a, a political thing, or is it just waiting for the government to say yes or no? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> wrong, wrong country, mate. Wrong, oh, is it? Wrong country. Uh, <laughs> That's why I'm a DJ. Um, okay. <laughs> and... Christmas is coming up and you know, a lot of people spend money around Christmas time, New Year's, a lot of events are on. This is where I think the government will open up over the next sort of month or two. I think that by Christmas time, things will start opening up and people will spend a, a bucket ton of money because one, they're bored. They've made you know still $600 a week, I would assume, minimum on most people. Not all people, but a lot of the people on JobKeeper, JobSeeper for Victoria. Nice smile there, as I love it. Um, so I assume... Yeah, so many people, so many people's cost of living is below $600 a week i mean it's probably yeah, i get it there is probably some that's a lot more as well but not, I mean, not some all oh okay, all. okay. okay. If, if someone's living if someone's cost of living is below 600 dollars a week fucking tell me how to do it like it is yeah. got to be over 90 percent. i mean you're probably right that's where i probably like a bit naive maybe i don't understand like i don't spend that much money personally but i live in like, my fucking door's pink for god's sake so um Okay, so you, I, I think that the, everything's going to slowly open up before Christmas because the, the government can't afford to not have that huge spending over Christmas time, New Year's. I Fingers crossed. Like I know it's only a couple of months away, but hopefully Victoria especially gets their shit together and hopefully it works out really well. I don't think the 
the world or Australia in particular will go back to normal until there is a vaccine, which is probably late next year. I have no idea. But then the anti-vaccine people are probably going to go crazy about it because they're probably like, we're going to get microchipped. Are they right? Maybe. I don't know. They've got a microchip in their fucking pockets. It's called an iPhone, you dickheads. <laughs> Shut your mouth until you fucking know what you're talking about. Anyway. Um, so, Verena, from your aspect... Anyway, sorry, that was a bit... That was a bit that's, that's fine. Verena, when do you think uh, a vaccine will come, par- come through? Um, I think a vaccine takes a good 12 to 18 months to come through, really. So yeah. it would be mid to late next year, I think. Yeah. As a... All right, there you let me let me jump in here. Sure. Let's 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 end that. We've been bitty Debbie Downer for the last forty odd minutes. Sure. I just realised that I have completely missed something else. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you and Verena have something else in common. Sagittarius. Uh, <laughs> no, it's the same. <laughs> Verena, would you like to enlighten him, or should I? So I'm another fellow reality TV star. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why do I miss this shit? This happened. I long don't long. know. I should have brought it up at the start, but I completely forgot. What did you go on? So Master Chef, but in New Zealand. I don't even watch the dance. You, are you a good cook? Well, I went on Master Chef. The best. Wait, did you get eliminated? <laughs> she's, a, she's as good a cook as I am political commentator. Did you get eliminated in the first week, though? No. No, I made it to fourth place. No, nah, you're no good. You have to get eliminated <laughs> first, otherwise you're no good. <laughs> Holy shit. Can you, can you make good bacon and eggs? Oh, bacon and eggs probably boring for you. What do you what, what's something good? <laughs> that is oh. that has got to go down in the history of podcasts as the worst question oh, to ever be ever be asked of any guest to, uh, in the history of mankind. Of MasterChef level, can you do some good bacon? <laughs> well, what's good to cook? What's good to cook? <laughs> um, what is your specialty? It, it, I, I don't know. I don't really have a specialty. I pretty much just cook anything, but. I have to say, for the last couple of years, having a toddler around um, means I don't get to try anything too exciting. And then obviously with COVID, can't have people around for dinner and do dinner parties and all of that sort of stuff. So as I would be able to clue you in on a, um, a few of the dinner parties he's been to. Yeah, her ribs are legitimately like, <laughs> they're, they're as good as fun as you can have with your pants on. Yeah, right. So you're a master chef and a doc, uh, GP, I should say. In one, plus probably some other things you haven't mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is no this is the elite the elite talking to the absolute bottom of the barrel, <laughs> fucking you and me. This is where Marina is, and this is where <laughs> I am, and you are. I don't want to. I mean, I'm only here because I can climb out of buckets. Like. <laughs> um, how we, as a, should we open up a restaurant with Verena, or not the economy to do it in? Uh. Mate, have you, where do you live? I don't know. I live in Victoria. There's no such thing as a restaurant anymore. Probably won't be for 30 years. Is, Verena, is your dream to open up a restaurant or anything or is it just a side hobby? It's just a side hobby. I, I do love being a doctor, so that's, yeah. that's what I'll keep doing. Damn, I want some ribs, Azza. Mate, get around them. They're absolutely second to none. When we're allowed people over, you can come over for ribs. Done. You know what? We should, we should do it as a podcast there. 
I mean, there's probably two. Yeah, well, we'll be allowed to soon. Yeah, we'll see. Well, from your aspect, you don't think it'll happen for another 10 years. No, I didn't say that. I said you don't think we'll have an economy for 10 years, but I, uh, yeah, of course. They're the youth, they care. What do they care about? <laughs> All right, let's, um, Verena, is there any story, uh, you have a unique story about whether it's your life, about COVID or, or anything that's funny or, or whatever you want to say uh, that you have, is there any story that we should know or the viewers should know about you uh, in general? Sorry to put you on the spot as well. Gosh, I have plenty of stories. <laughs> what one? All right. What one, <laughs> what one can you say? Oh, gosh. What do we have time for? <laughs> Whatever. But this, we get all the time in the world. This can keep going for as long as you want. Well, um, I'm friends with the King of Jordan. What's the king? Oh, my God. I completely forgot about this. What's oh, the King of Jordan? <laughs> Oh my God, Sam, this, this is actually going to... I can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier. Sorry, this is my bad. I've just really not filled you in so much, Sam. No, this, story, this story is absolutely going to blow your mind and will probably be the head of the thumbnail. Okay. What's, Over to you, Verena. What's this? So way, way back in uh, 2006, yeah, 2006, I was traveling overseas through the Middle East in a tour group and I was in Jordan and um, we were just doing some sightseeing and this man came out of nowhere and started shooting at our tour group and I was shot in the spine. Boom. Oh, but that was a really bad fucking expletive to use there. <laughs> Can you believe that, Sam? How did I not, I knew this all along and I can't believe I forgot to say it. Insane, right? I, I'd say why, but I guess that's I'm confused. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> now I am. So it was actually it's actually coming up to the anniversary of it. It was on Someone September the fourth. You with a gun? Yeah, hand a handgun, and um, one person within our group um, died, and oh. then oh. another three of us were quite badly injured. How, how, how did you get home? What happened? Did you get to hospital? Like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> so the bullet entered my spinal canal and I was paralysed from the waist down instantly. Oh, um, yeah. And so there was all this carnage going on around me and um, the, it happened in the middle of the day when there were a lot of locals around, so they all started ch chasing after the gunman, throwing rocks at him, and eventually he was apprehended. And then the SWAT team came and just picked everybody up and started just throwing them in the back of, of trucks and cars and everything to take them into um, hospitals and everything like that. But I, I knew that I'd had a spinal injury, so I was like, don't touch me, don't move me, thinking it could be an unstable injury, it could make things worse. So I got separated from all my friends um, and then eventually got taken to a different hospital. When I was in hospital, I was lying on the, on the bed there and... Um, they were like, come on, just move your legs. You're in shock. You know, you haven't been shot. Just move your legs. Um, there, was no, there was no blood anywhere. Um, so basically I was wearing black shorts and the, the bullet had just kind of diathermied its way through. So there was no, no bleeding whatsoever. Um, and they didn't believe that I'd been shot until they did an X-ray and saw the bullet lodged in my spine. Were you a doctor before this? Yes. 
And explain to me how there's no blood. The bullet goes through your spine. It's way through. So there was no blood. It didn't, it didn't, it, 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 that's just the way it was. <laughs> and how does how's this got to do with the King of Jordan? So, so then um, eventually they realised that I had been shot. They transferred me to another hospital. Um, the King of Jordan's doctor came to see me and everything like that. They organised all my um, health care over there. I had an operation to remove the bullet. Um, and the King of Jordan paid for all my hospital expenses. They paid for my mum and dad to fly over to be with me. Um, yeah. Now, can you, can you tell Sam why he wouldn't have seen that on the news that night? Because something else very big that you will remember... Sam, you will remember the exact day this happened because there was another big one. No. Okay. No. What, what, what else happened guess, that day? Can I guess? Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. September 4th, 2016. Shit, I was going to say September. Oh, 2006, sorry. 2006, I was going to say, Jesus. 2006. I, I didn't shoot you. <laughs> you might want to shoot me after this. but <laughs> September 4th. 2006. That's not Bali bombings, though. No, I'll give you a clue. Yeah. It's a bloke who sort of rolls with the same... Roger Federer. No. <laughs> what? Are you... A... He oh. won the tennis cup. What, is, what, what, go on, what was your... What was it? What were you saying? A bloke... Vrena, or... Vrena, over to you. It was the day Steve Irwin died. Bang. Fuck. The stingray. Yep. Yeah, the stingray died. Same. I, I remember the days clear as clear as any other memory in my mind. Probably clearer. Fucking crazy. Yeah, I was living in the snow at the time. Never forget it. We we all stopped work and just went to the pub and Drank. got really amongst it. Yeah. I can't believe what sort that of is. life you had. You've had a, a board in your spine that didn't want to bleed. You're a GP. You've been on MasterChef. You didn't get kicked off first. You come fourth. You can cook the best ribs in town. Is there anything else you haven't done or want to, like, I, I just feel like getting shot in the spine is right up there. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then obviously it took me six months to learn to walk again um, once they removed the bullet. Um, and then... 18 months after the injury, I trekked to Everest Base Camp to raise money for a spinal charity. And then you got shot again, did you? In the spine. Nah. Everest. <laughs> Fuck. No, but, but I think the next challenging thing she's ever had to do is probably be on this podcast. <laughs> no, I think actually the next challenging thing was potentially uh, dating Azza. <laughs> you guys dated? Wow, it's all coming out here now. It's just a, it's just like a, I've got a lot of stories. Floodgates, the floodgates have opened. <laughs> I think that's the most challenging thing you've ever done. Oh, without <laughs> doubt, without doubt. Holy shit. You could have opened with that line as a going, oh, this is... Uh, I was just going to leave it. I knew it would come out eventually. I honestly did not think it would be this late. I thought at some point she'd get angry with me and just remember something and go, bang! <laughs> and just hit me with it. 
I, a quick question with the whole learning to walk thing. I, that would have been an absolute nightmare. Did you think you were never going to walk again? Did you think like you were, you were going to, or what, what was your mental, uh, your mentality like? So I was always uh, very positive. The surgeon came in and saw me the next day and he said to me, look, your spinal cord's intact. It's only just bruised. So you will be able to walk. Um, he, said, he said, you won't be 100%. You'll be about 95% back to normal, but you will be able to walk. So it was just a matter of time. Oh, okay. So you're back fully healed or is it like 80% or? I'm probably about 95%. But um, yeah, another, another freaky little fact about that same injury is that so the, so the bullet went through my right hip. It went through the bone twice, through the right hip, then entered the natural hole between two of the vertebrae. And so it didn't fracture any of the vertebrae, which is why I can actually walk. Because had it been one millimetre out, it would have just probably sent off splinters of vertebrae, which would have sliced my spinal cord. It's a nice little spot. It'll just sit in there for a little bit and uh, we'll get it out soon. Yeah, so that's pretty freaky. That is crazy. And you dated Azza. Why? (laughs) That was crazy too. Ah, shit. (laughs) Um, Well, I I certainly did not see this interview ending up like this, but (laughs) I've got no way out of this now. Are you married or or kids or single, Verena? Where are you at relationship-wise? Wow, that brings another whole can of worms to the game. (laughs) (laughs) You were really asking for it. (laughs) As I have a kid? As has got a kid. So... So I, after we broke up, I decided I wanted a child and I went and um, had IVF with donor sperm and have got one child. You have a kid? Is it his? No, donor sperm. Yeah, but he, did he donate or you don't know? Anonymous donor. Anonymous could be Azza. <laughs> wow, could, how long ago was this? So my son Bodie just turned three. Oh, Fuck your yes, life. Yes, it's still nothing. weird when you say my son Bodie. My life was pretty crazy, but this is, I'm nothing. I, I'm a little, I'm a bump on the road for you. You're like, hmm. Someone say bump. <laughs> that is, oh, congratulations um, for having a kid, but Jesus, what a lot. I'm sure there's many more. I think we need to get <sighs> back on at some point because I just feel like we're touch- scratching the surface of your life. We are, we are, but... Uh... <sighs> You, you definitely, I, I feel like you've met Bodie before too somewhere. Me? Because it took me so long to remember where you'd met Verena that I feel like you've been around some social event that we've been at. That you've met circus. In. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the top is circus. <laughs> he does live just down the road from circus. <laughs> um, man, this, this is blowing my, your life has blown my mind, legitimately. <laughs> there you go, mate. So... I, I need to go climb something. I need to. I need to. I shoot some. I need to do something. I just probably don't shoot something. That's not a good start. <laughs> I feel like you went the wrong way on that one. <laughs> um, Scrambling for thoughts. So that's all right. Look, I, we have. We'll have to finish up there. But uh, Varane, I would love to have you back on at some point because I feel like, like I said, scratching the surface. There, I'd <laughs> like to dive into Azza. Um, questions on why maybe the bullet did something i'm not sure i don't know i and why couldn't have it, why couldn't have the bullet hit me instead <laughs> that's what everyone's thinking everyone's like oh, if someone's gonna get shot it should have been as a hundred percent 
That piece of shit, he, he deserves a couple of bullets. Um, There's a couple of cheap ones. Your words, not mine. Um, as a, before we finish up, uh, what's the go with the hat? This one, a little backstory. Oh, I, knew, I wasn't actually planning on having it for the hat, but I do think it's appropriate after tonight's fucked. commentary by me. It's fucked. So, and the, death. the caption, a toast to death, right. which I believe is very on point. It's a skateboarding hat of mine. Uh, I think, yeah, 100% on point. I'm what do you do? Verena, what's coming oh. up for you in the future while uh, we have you before we sign off with Az's famous sign-off message? <laughs> back to work tomorrow, yep. back doing telehealth <laughs> and yeah. back being a single mum. Yeah. Uh, I'm fucking shook. As a, what an episode. What an episode. Right. Finish it up. Go for it. What's, what's your... All right, two things before I, before I do my last uh, cheers for everyone at home. Uh, just to let everyone home, Sunday night, we are first live podcast. Yes. That's Sunday the 6th. 6th. This Sunday, Sunday the 6th. <laughs> this Sunday. Obviously, this won't come out live. So Sunday the 6th uh, will be our first... What time, Sam? 8? Yep, done. 8 p.m. Sunday. Sunday the 6th will be our first live podcast. And we'll, uh, yeah, feel free to get involved. Great segment called... Neil or no Neil. We'll explain more on the night, but uh, that'll be the last uh, segment of the night. Um, but anyway, there's good ships, wood ships, and ships that sail the sea. But the best ships are friendships, and may they always be. Good night, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thank you, Verena. <laughs>